does art require meaning? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is The Command Z Show. And we're back. How's it going, Shelby? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing all right. We're back. We are. I, I'm kind of missing the action intro, though. I, you know, not an, I'm not having an actiony kind of day. I'm having the kind of day where I'm like running late to every meeting that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Um, I don't feel rushed, but for some reason, I feel late all the time. <laughs> That's okay. All good. Yeah. Um. So, uh, anything new in your world? It's a great question. I don't know. Um, I'm working on building a puppet right now, which has been a puppet. very weird experience, like a stop motion armatured puppet. That's interesting. Um, so that's been cool. That's like why my, you know, the, the podcast land can't see this, but like behind me, I've got a big old table full of stuff. So, huh. That been my evenings. It surprises me, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me at all. Well, you know, you want to tell a story and you don't have the means to tell the story. So you have to come up with other creative ways to tell the story. So that's what I'm working on. But I love it's that. It's been good. Yeah. Huh. I can't wait to see something. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, slow process, but yeah. it's going. So Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Um, well, uh, should we get into the question? I have a, I have a question for you today, Shelby. It's exciting. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. All right. Everyone buckle up at home. All right. (laughs) I was trying to give a nice pause there. Maybe that was too long, but all right. Does art require meaning? This is a big question. This is a big question. It's a very big philosophical question. Um, when I was talking to Matt about this question, I was like, there's no way we'd ever do this podcast. I was just more like, I need to just get my thoughts out for a moment <laughs> on Slack and just talk about what keeps me up at night. Because this mm-hmm. is what keeps me up at night. I literally After I'm done making my little stop motion puppet, that's this right. what I'm thinking about. I saw like the paragraph <laughs> of things when you were like, I don't know. Usually questions are bullet points, but when something comes through as a paragraph, I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask you this question. Clearly, <laughs> you have something to say. I've got thoughts, right? Let's get to it. So there is, I'm going to get into a little bit of the background on this okay. um, and go into some criticism of it and then kind of go into the bigger picture. It's a little bit of a structure to today's. But the main prompt for the question of does art require meaning comes from this idea of making art for the sake of creation or art for art's sake, which stems from a French slogan that was very popular in the 19th century. Well, I guess not popular. It was criticized, but it was popular among some. Uh, but as a French slogan called Lao pour Lao, art for art's sake. So this was a big thing among artists and writers, um, turn of the 19th century, like going into the 19th. 
And it was finally written down by um, a poet named Gautier. It's the first person to write it down. It was also um, written about by Edgar Allan Poe. Oscar Wilde was also a, um, a proponent, but he never said it, never said it, never wrote it down. But he followed the theory and followed the, um, the creed, if you will. It was a bohemian creed for a bit. Um, nice. But, but. It's a nice. <laughs> So this is the history. I have a I have a BA in history as well. So this is the stuff that I like. Um, so it comes with like the meaning of true art. When I, I'm not going to say all art, but true art is that true art is independent of any and all social value and utilitarian function. It just exists because it is art, not for any other purpose. Right. So part of this was a rejection of the Marxist aim to um, politicize art, create art for political means um, to be able to convey some sort of message. Also goes against, you know, being able to just inform people in that way. It also kind of goes against the idea that art needs to be very personal as well um, and also is directly opposed to art being made for the sake of financial reasons. Art should not be made to be sold, essentially. But part of this, though, also affirms that the value of art is, or, or art being valuable, it is valuable simply because it is art, which is an interesting idea. Okay, I'm going to pause here. For just a moment, because this is kind of the background of this. Do you have any thoughts yet, Matt? Uh, I I do have some thoughts. Um, Before I go into the criticisms, you share. I I guess that's kind of what I sort of have as as criticisms as well, because there. I guess what I believe art needs art needs restrictions. Art needs frameworks. And what this theory, or what do you want to call it, uh, this construct? We call it a slogan. Slogan. A I think what that is basically saying is that we should only make art because the pencils are there. And um, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that whenever, I mean, or because the canvas is there, I guess we can say that. And everybody already knows the whole blank canvas thing. So I I have some initial uh, doubts, but you keep going. Okay. So the criticisms of the age. I have so many thoughts on this, but the criticisms of the age. So Nietzsche was a big, um, um, he was was really, really opposed to this. Um, He says that it is absolutely not possible for art to have no meaning. Because even, and this is kind of how I think about this, is if art has no meaning, right? Art for art's sake. Art has no meaning. That means the meaning of that art piece is to have no meaning. Right. It has a meaning in some way. It's rebellious in some act. It it still has no meaning because it has no meaning. You can't just take away something and have nothing left. It is replaced by emptiness in that sense. Also, um, there's the idea Walter Benjamin wrote about this um, during um, fascism in Germany. Talked about... Work. He wrote an essay called Work of Art in the Age of Mechanical Reproduction. 
and the idea that, you know, as we are reproducing works and the industrialization of art, what does that do to the value of art? What does it do to the meaning of art? This is also kind of plays into the new idea of AI within art. Right. Um, and also there were some other, um, especially like uh, within like political movements. Um, Mao was also against this, uh, the Chinese leader. Um, but the entire like realm of criticism is that art does have an intrinsic meaning, even if it is trying to not have meaning. That's the criticism. So what are your thoughts specifically? So for me, I think this is this is such a nuanced discussion of does art require meaning? Okay. For me, I think obviously there's the two schools of thoughts. And I don't think it necessarily has to in any realm. I don't think art has to have meaning. But I do think there is a lot of art that has meaning that is still true art, right? Just because you made something for financial gain or you made something because it is part of a political movement doesn't mean that it's not art. But on the same side, just because you made art for fun doesn't make it any less because it doesn't have a meaning. Um, I think about that a lot with, with kids creating. Kids aren't usually creating because they want to have a political movement or they want to have a specific meaning or because they want to sell it for big bucks they're creating because it's there because (laughs) your kids maybe (laughs) but they're creating because it's there because they want to because i mean i remember when i was a kid i was always painting or drawing it's like i didn't think i was gonna do anything with it i just wanted to do it so it's almost like we've taken what children are doing already And we're trying to apply that same, like, childlike creativity to adults. And, you know, how does that, how does that play out once we've, we've reached the age of industrial art or political art or marketing? Right. So let's see here. If I go through some of what you said here, now I'm not a big historian, um, but certainly communists view art differently they always have and probably always will um so i think it's interesting that you bring up a few known communists when we when we when we talk about these kinds of things i mean for them it was everything has to have a purpose everything needs to everything everybody needs to have a role in helping the community move forward right so i'm not saying communists as a bad thing right now i'm saying communist as its initial as a, com- a communal movement right right so when it comes to that it was hey you know art should be for the greater good <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing more so than like okay you know just gonna just draw this this thing you know yeah um but i don't know i guess that that's one thought there the the other thing is I just, you know, tell me one piece of art that was ever created just because, like, one piece of, you know, I want to say famous piece of art that has no purpose or meaning, but the reason that they're all famous is because other people can relate to them in some way. Other people can identify the stories in them. 
So if you are to create art for the sake of just creating art, um, I, I don't know. Like, how do you how do you measure success of how you did? And maybe you don't. Maybe that's the thing. And maybe that's where it's breaking my brain right now. Is I'm always trying to like measure, like how how do you know that you did something good or bad? Like, how do you know you can't really learn anything from that? Mm -hmm. That's the, that's a very like modern idea of thinking about it because you have to have some sort of validation or justification for it later. But do you, do you need to, do you actually need to, or is that a modern notion that we now have ingrained in us? What is that? This is a big question. That's the really big thing. But also this plays into two, um, the aesthetic movement of, okay, well, art is just for looks. It's just for the shape, for the lines, for the color. Like I think about, um, there's the, the art piece, um, Armut on the urinal. Right. Where it's just the urinal, Armut on the side. Um, what is the meaning of that? Does it need to have meaning? Can it just exist in its state because it has nice lines and it looks but, well pieced together? But, see, even but like, that still has meaning. Right, exactly. I was going to say, like, even mm-hmm. stuff like that, it's like, look at this thing that has no meaning. But in saying that, it has meaning. It has meaning, yep. So, I don't know. That's tricky. I personally, this is, this is kind of getting into my thing. The way that I view the phrase la pala is more of um, a gateway to free artistic expression of you should be creating because you are an artist, because that is for your own sake. It's art for the artist's sake, almost. Um, so for me, it's, it doesn't have to be when you're creating. I think about this with, with a, a lot of young writers especially and older writers too. I've talked about this a little bit. But um, there is that pressure now that's like fairly new that you have to tell really personal stories all the time and you have to be creating really personal art. And like that didn't exist you know, 200 years ago. I mean, the people were doing it, but it wasn't that big pressure of, oh, well, this person wrote this, so it must say something really specific about who they are because that wasn't really the, the point of what they were doing. So when you have this, this now, this notion that we have to do things because it's, it's personal or you have to tell the story or there's this great pressure to do that, it can feel really um, constricting, I think to a lot of creatives. And when you have that, that statement of art for art's sake, that's really freeing. You can just do whatever you please at that point. You can just create because you want to, because you're an artist and you need to intrinsically for yourself. So I think as opposed to viewing it as like two separate sides of does art have meaning or does it not have meaning? I think that it can be viewed as a much more helpful statement for the artist. Yeah, I just, yeah, I guess I just think that, well, one, I just, I think it's impossible to create art without meaning. I just, I don't, I can't think of any examples, no matter how old my children were looking at any of that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we have like art therapists to look for the meaning in the things that they take the time to create. So, you know, somebody hands you a blank piece of paper and they're like, make a thing. Well, 
I just, I think it's impossible for humans to be like, and other animals that they force to paint anyway, <laughs> um, uh, t- to not look within at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're like, all right, here's a painting of a man. It's like, okay, great. Well, why did you choose a man? Like, why, why'd you do that? Why'd you, why'd you make that decision? Why is the yeah. stroke thickness so big? Like, I don't know, stuff like that. Um, but getting more towards what you were saying, um, of this idea that it can be freeing, I don't know. I, I, I guess what, what I, anytime that I'm going to create something again, like I was talking about before, like I need that framework of some kind without the framework. It's just dabs of paint on a canvas or pencil strokes and that's not interesting to me and it's not interesting to other people. So I don't know. I guess I would, I would need to know some more examples of how that would even work. But um, as, as far as I guess, Morgan, what you're saying is like just creating for yourself. I guess if we adapt that saying that slogan a little bit to be create for yourself and not for others. Um. I don't know. I maybe I don't have any super great thoughts about that, but I just I think it is important to I guess how I view it is everything you make should have a piece of you inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um very much like Voldemort's Horcruxes. <laughs> See, you want to talk about art history? I'm going to talk about Harry Potter. Not <laughs> a lot of work, man. Um, it's, it's weird, but like, I I think about that all the time where it's like, uh, again, it's a fictional story, but there is this thing where there's things that you make. Maybe, maybe I'm being really pretentious right now, but I think that there's certain things that you make in your life that you implant a piece of yourself into and send off. It's no longer you. It's no longer, it's no longer yours. It's still you, but it's no longer yours. Mm-hmm. Um, children is one of those things, honestly, like people want to talk about, like, sorry, I mean to make this about parenting, but, um, people always say like, yeah, once you have kids, like everything changes and it, it does, it, it's not necessarily this like switch that as soon as you see this baby's face, maybe this is me as a, as a man anyway. Um, but it's something that you slowly start to realize where you're like, oh my God, like this, this person is is a part of me. Like that's, that's crazy to think about. Um, but I don't know when you, when you do that, there's this immediate bond of like, w- once you realize that anyway, there's this bond that is something like nothing else in this world where it's like, I don't know, maybe it's biology, but it's just, there's a part of you that's like, no matter, no matter what the circumstances, I will protect this, thing <laughs> person <laughs> at all costs i will do whatever it takes to make sure this thing is safe and i don't know so i bring up the the children aspect of things because i feel like that's kind of how it is with art often we, we talk about like oh these are your babies right and we say that being facetious but there's a lot of truth in that too mm-hmm. where if you can make something that is 
truly meaningful to you, the piece of you goes with that thing. Um, sometimes that is personal work and sometimes it's client work, right? If we were to bring that into the fold, I'm always trying to find ways of putting a little piece of me into the client work that we do. And I'm not like trying to hide it. I always hope that the clients understand. I don't, I don't sit there and like present it like, all right, if you want to know more about me, this is why I did this. It's, it's not really about that. It's okay. How do I get a piece of me into this, this thing that honestly to make me care about this thing more? I'm almost trying to fool myself in a way. Yeah. And again, I, I don't, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think some people might see that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's 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 the art side of things, right? Um, and when we get to the financial aspect of things, um, yes, I I love the idea. I love the 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 thought of creating art and it just being mine, and I don't yep. need money, and I can just do this thing all day. But even, I don't know, not at any point in my life have I ever been like, oh, I made a huge mistake by making money doing this. Um, <laughs> because if I didn't do this, I'd have to do some other stupid thing that I don't want to do. Yeah. So like, all right, I have to choose the lesser of the evils here. And uh, it's a pretty damn good life, honestly, to just be able to make things. So there's a lot there that I just said. I'm going to give you a chance to catch up. <laughs> No, I think this is so interesting. I, I love this conversation, especially with other artists, because I think it's, like, fascinating. Because um, for me, this also brings in, like, how subjective is art? And how subjective can it be? Can it be objective at all? Because if art is purely for art's sake and it has no meaning, right, that means it's, it's, it's not subjective at all. Right. It means there can't be anything about you in it whatsoever, it can be completely reproduced by AI. It can be re- reproduced by a machine. There can be no essence of humanity or the artist within it, which can't exist. That doesn't make sense, right? So, but that means though, for art to have meaning, it must be subjective. It must have a personal quality. I feel like you tricked me. <laughs> you got me to talk about all that stuff. And then you're like, and now how does that compare with AI? How does it work? That's really interesting to, to kind of think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, I guess and that, that's sort of where I, if we're going to keep down, keep going down this AI rabbit hole here for a moment. The reason that maybe I don't have as much, I'm not like angry about it mm-hmm. is probably because I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. Like if this thing can do this thing that I could do, why, why wouldn't someone else press a button, type in a little thing and then it creates that same thing. Mm-hmm. My hope, my hope is obviously that I, I hope that I do not lose my job or my place in the marketplace. <laughs> Um, but if, if my role is taken by something like that, it's survival of the fittest, right? Um, I, I, I'm very much a Darwinist when it comes to, uh, (laughs) entrepreneurship and maybe not so much when it comes to 
creating art, but at the same time, I don't know, there's this sort of blended world between the two that I like to swim inside of. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that brings a question then as well. So getting into the business aspect of making art to be able to run a business or to make money or for marketing reasons. Can that still be art or no? Because if AI, if it's survival of the fittest, if AI can take that and it's not true art, is any art that makes money true art? I guess you'd have to define what is true art first, right? If we're saying that true art is things with meaning, then yes, I think that you can still create... um, I still think that you can have a business where you either as, as a business or as a freelancer, be able to create things with meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at the AI side of things, can we, does the, any of the stuff, all right, here, let, let's do it this way. So when we look at things that AI has created, we are the ones that attach the meaning to those things, right? It's not, no, the the creator had no intention of things. The creator was just looking at formulas and reference and saying, well, typically or traditionally, you've liked this thing. So here's this thing. What do you think? Um, but I, that's kind of my favorite part about going to like art galleries or art museums is like, okay, let's actually stop and let's look at what was made here. Now, what is, is that meaning? It's not up to the artist all the time to determine what the meaning is to that thing. Um, I mean, yes, they, they maybe, maybe they did go in with some kind of meaning to something, but it's up to the viewer to stand in front of the thing. Okay, how does it make me feel? What does it saying exactly? What is the story in this thing? what I'll do is I'll like, look at the colors. Like, why did they choose that color? Everything that was done in that's in an art museum was chosen for a really specific reason. I'll even look at the, the entryway for the museum. And I'm like, okay, why did they do that? They, they wanted you to walk up to this, this way. You were supposed to turn this corner and see this. Why? So I guess for me, it's, it's just asking why a lot, but I bet you that if, you had a whole museum with just AI generated artwork. You threw it up in the nice looking frames. People would still be wandering around that same museum with the same questions of like, okay, what does this mean exactly? And how does it make me feel? And what do I think? Why does this hand have six fingers? Like <laughs> they'll ask the kinds <laughs> of questions. So I don't know. It's kind of the whole beauty is in the eye of the beholder thing. Um, I think we can go into this world. We can create whatever we want to do. Like we, we can create art. We can create meaningful things, but we're not there to explain to each person that passes by on the internet of like, Oh, you know what I really meant here was this. Um, and I can keep going for this for a little bit, but like, I, I think about this with, with music quite often. Mm-hmm. There are certain songs that can bring tears to my eyes almost immediately because it's just like the meaning to me. But then you find out that like, oh, the, the, 
the lead singer that wrote this was just writing about his guinea pig that died after like having it for three weeks. Like, it's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> but I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I, I love that. I love that you can create things that mean something to you and then it's consumed by somebody else that means something else to them that can move them to different places. So I've been talking for a while. You go ahead. Oh, I think this is, this is one of my favorite discussions and one that I think I can get like the most like hotly debated, um, artists like up in tangles about, right. um, because it brings in the question of does the artist matter and does the intention of the artist even matter? Because who owns it at that point? Is it owned by the artist, the intention, or is it owned by the audience? I think about this all the time with films because there's, there's this theory of, well, there's auteur theory, right? It is the author of the film. You're a writer, director, you are the author of this film. So if you're the author of this, your intention should reign supreme, right? But oftentimes the audience takes it and they accept it and it takes on a completely new meaning. I think about like, I mean, like, there are a million examples of this is the author and this is the meaning that has now been derived of it, which could be completely different than what the actual um, author's intentions were. Kafka is a really good example of this with the metamorphosis um, with his short story of like what was the meaning for Kafka in the metamorphosis versus what have all of these people derived from it? What is the bug within the metamorphosis? What is this? Um, it's interesting because I don't know. Who does own it? Because, I mean, if it's been, you know, 200 or 300 years since a work is created, does the author's intentions even matter anymore? Or is it the person who is wandering around the museum saying, this is what this means to me now, with fresh eyes 300 years later? Right. So this gets me thinking about things like, like Andy Warhol, right? The mm -hmm. first, I mean, one of the first just like alive famous artists that we've ever had um and i have a lot of fundamental disagreements with just his overall method for gaining fame interesting um i i think he's a fascinating person but it kind of goes back it goes to our is we're going to go back to communism for a minute here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so does the artist matter? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think that that is not our job to make sure that we matter in this world. Hmm. Um, it has nothing to do with our, our point of being here. Yeah. Um, and I, I bring up communism because again, it's like, no, 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 it was, it's not how does one person gain wealth and fame. It's how does one person help the greater good. Um, and don't call me a communist here, but I, I believe that is one of our purposes on this planet is yeah. to not be the star, but to mm. help raise the tide and back away like a phantom like <laughs> like our job is is not to to be there that way i me personally i'm like i have no desires to be famous mm -hmm. if it ever did happen to me i'm like i'm not i'm not gonna be mad about it 
But like, that's not my intention at all. Like, I'm not trying to do that. I would probably be a really just bad famous person because I'm going to be wearing t-shirt, backwards hat, and same glasses with NASA pajama pants um, like I currently have on. Um, it's been one of those days. Um, the NASA pajama pants are a great touch. Thanks. Yeah, it is. Um, but I, again, it, it kind of leads me to like what our, what our purpose is here on this this planet. And none of us are here for ourselves. Is that your dog? That was my dog. <laughs> dog. I concur. I concur. Um, so none of us are here for ourselves. I think that's, I think it is a selfish way of, of thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not, again, not mad at anybody that feels that way. But I think that our purpose here is to help others. And art has a, more of a purpose for others than it does myself. That's generally how I feel. Um, and I guess that's why I just, I think that Warhol's method of, of thinking was generally flawed from the beginning is he just, he cared very deeply about himself and he thought that everything that he did mattered. Um, Interesting. but most, I mean, Renaissance period people, I mean, most of them weren't really famous until well after they <laughs> died. Right. So they didn't even have the opportunity to enjoy their fame and wealth, right? Um, so I just, I think that, I think that is the pretentious way of thinking about this whole thing, is to think that you do matter. None of us really matter, and that's okay. Um, but for me, I'm like, I can feel fulfilled if I can change or help another person or group of people. So that's kind of what I, what I focus on. Like I focus on like, what do I know? What are, what are facts in my own head that I will fight to the death on? And those are the things that I will generally find a way to talk about, whether that's in conversation or in the art that's created or even in the businesses that I make. Um, all of that is art. And I think that one way or another, we will all, sounds horrible, but one way or another, we'll all be forgotten. And again, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like I always think about like, like ants on an anthill that are, they have a job, they're going to go do that job and they do it for each other. They don't necessarily do it for their own survival all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think art is is very much that same thing. It's about survival. You know the filmmaker. Yeah. You know the filmmaker um, Taika Waititi. Not if you do. No. Okay. Taika Waititi made um, a film called Jojo Rabbit. I think in 2019. And then um, also he's an actor, comedian. I love him. He's such an interesting person. And he just recently did an interview where he said that he's like, we don't matter. Because nobody's going to remember any of the stuff that we ever made. He's like, and they're not going to remember who made it. He's like, if you look at Casablanca, nobody knows who the director of Casablanca was. Which we do. It's, it's Michael Curtiz. But that's not the point. <laughs> um, the point is, the general person, the general audience member, doesn't care, right? Who actually made it. And I think that's really interesting. Because, like, 
as somebody who's like studies like art history or whatever, I care because I'm trying to find like some of that more intrinsic meaning. But the average person who is consuming media or consuming art or watching or listening, they don't really care that much. They want to find it because they want to, they want to find this art because they want to find the meaning for it for them. They want to know how it speaks right. to them. And that extends into to all art and especially like, I mean, Taka Watiti talking about, about filmmaking, you know, the stories that he's telling don't necessarily need to reflect him at all even because it doesn't matter. What matters is what the audience gets out of it. Right. Which definitely separates the artists from their work. Right. You know, the other, I guess a similar way that I think about that is with a team of people that we have. One of the reasons that I like having a team of people is because I consider them as part of the audience, right? Like their opinions matter. Their, what, what they have to say matters too. So sometimes it's like, all right, let's, let's try to incorporate some of that into this too. Um, let's try to do that. Like, so I don't know. I, I guess just overall, I think it's just unhealthy for people that do anything to think that, that they're self-important. I don't know. But I mean, having a team of artists together, that's the true collective, right? That's the true community. If we're talking about communism. Here we go. I mean, that's it, right? (laughs) You have your team and you make it for a larger audience. So that brings in for business and marketing. Yes. Even if you're making it for money, if you're making it for a larger audience, it is still true art. Is that your, that's, that's your, your final input there? Is that like, is that your final thought? I'm not trying to get to the end of this, but we could go on forever. I mean, it's a back and forth discussion. Are you in your own head? Are you always going back and forth? I, I don't know. I struggle with it because there's so many great artists that do believe that they're very self-important and I like to believe that the artist is very important in the creation, which I, I do think they, they are. But I also think that they won't matter as much down the line. Right. Because, I mean, we talk about Da Vinci and we talk about the Mona Lisa, right? And the Mona Lisa is, okay, well, it's objectively very beautiful. But, like, how many people really know that much about Da Vinci when they're looking at it or looking at his inventions? They, we don't really know much about him as a person, you know? We know the bare minimum. Right. We know, like, rumors, Right. But we still appreciate the art. Right. And I think that's kind of the easy part to glorify some of those older people from hundreds of years ago is we don't even know their whole story. Mm-hmm. Not like we know everyone's story today anyway. It makes it much easier to glorify them. Because right. if you know now, it's, there's cancel culture. There's, I mean, we're, we're upset at people, you know. And we know so much more about them. Right. Detailed, you know. Detailed, detailed accounts. Um, I guess that's, I just, I guess I just think it's a dangerous place to be when you think that your art matters that much. Um, I mean, again, when I, I guess immediately my mind goes to musicians and famous people. I mean, they are artists. Um, A lot of them don't handle their fame so gracefully. And while they maybe have done one thing that affects a lot of people, um, I just, 
I, I think it's I think it's dangerous for people to uh, idolize any artists, I guess. Um, yeah, that's that's my thought. <laughs> There's my TED talk. <laughs> I like that. Do you want to go into final thoughts? Let's uh, let's let's do that. Um, I'm gonna re-ask you the question okay. now. Yep. Before we do that, does art require meaning? I think it does. Um, but I, I just, I don't think that, I guess I would just love to see somebody try it a different way. I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I, humans are storytellers and we've been that way for hundreds of tens of thousands of years. <laughs> and, um, ever since the dinosaurs were walking, <laughs> um, <laughs> And I don't think that there's any way for us to, to shake that. And I think that even animals that don't have the same abstract thought as us couldn't create things without meaning either. Mm-hmm. Um, other than if they just walked in some paint and then just so happened to put it on a canvas. But I guess the reason that I say no, it's not, is because there is no possible way for someone to look at art and not find the meaning in it. Even if a little gecko walked past a canvas with some blue paint, they'd be like, wow. First of all, that's incredible. How did that gecko paint like that? <laughs> and second of all, what is he trying to say? Uh, uh, we talked about this before, but we will always anthropomorphize. <laughs> I can't say that word, but you get it. Um, I know what you mean. Things that maybe don't have that abstract thought. Um, little Mermaid, we have fish that talk mm-hmm. um beauty and the beast we have a bunch of dishes that talk um it's just impossible for us as humans to be able to look at our dishes <laughs> and not be able to attach a voice or attach a personality to the things that i mean obviously you could drink out of a cup without thinking that it's a living thing but we can go there very quickly Yep. If we see like a, so my wife, if she sees like a really like miniature cup, she was like, oh, that's so cute. I need to buy it. That's me. And really what it is, is she's attaching a personality to this little cup and thinks it's like weak or needs help in some way. Like, yep. I don't know. I don't know what she thinks, but, um, but I guess that's, I just humans in general, we will always attach meaning to everything and we should mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what's done well for us in the past. <laughs> um, and I think that that's the thing that evolutionarily takes us forward still. Go on. Your final thoughts. Does My final thoughts. art, wait, what is it? <laughs> does art have meaning? Does, yeah. Does art require does meaning? Art, does art require meaning? Um, I think it's a comforting thought to think that it doesn't, but I think it's a silly thought. Um, it's naive because in, in art, not having meaning, we still have meaning within that statement. Mm -hmm. And I think the real heart of it is your art and your meaning might change. What your meaning of it now might not be the same 300 years from now when somebody's looking at it and that's okay. 
and to accept that and to not hold on to it so tightly. I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it's comforting to think that, oh, well, you know, it's meaningless and we're in a swarm of nothing and it doesn't matter. We're floating on a big rock in space. Who cares? Who cares? There's no meaning to that. That's very comforting. But it's also not very true. And I think if you're creating, you know, and you're an artist and you're making things, you have a meaning and intention behind it. And that might be to have no intention. Right. That's okay, too. That's okay, too. But the audience might not share that. So to be accepting and welcoming of the community and to understand that there will be other other meanings attached to your work. Right. It reminds me of, like, cave paintings. We look at these things now, again, tens of thousands of years later, and it may have just been a line on on the cave wall, and we're like, okay, so this is where they were born, and they're talking about this thing. It's like, wow, all right. Um, is that the true meaning? We don't know, probably, but still at the same time, like, it's it's interesting to think that. But it's also to think interesting to think that, like, okay, tens of thousands of years from now, does any of the stuff we're even making exist since it's yeah. all digital? Most of it? I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. Send us home, Shelby. All right. Oh, God, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be put on the spot like that. <laughs> I mean, listen. What is our outro? I don't know. I just edit. <laughs> listen. All right. Just tell everyone you love them and bye, Okay. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming, everyone, um, and listening. Um, sorry for the very philosophical debate, but um, thank you again for coming. And if you want to, you can leave a review. We'll be this um, is probably so... <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> weakest outro we've ever had. It's a horrible outro, and I'm so sorry. You but make me um... feel like I'm forcing you, like <laughs> telling. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but. Uh, I'm like forcing you to go on camera and like tell your family that you're just fine right now. <laughs> I'm just fine. Um, I'm blinking twice. It's okay. Anyway. Okay. Love you. Bye. The Command Z Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.